The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Sean Daly is with me first. Sean Daly is master of the Rotunda Hospital in Dublin. People remember last night a message being sent out uh, that uh, patients were only to attend the hospital in emergency situations for a time. Sean, you're welcome to the show. Um, can you talk me through how you and your colleagues in the hospital experienced this as it happened yesterday? Um, thank you very much for having me on. Um, well, initially, um, uh, colleagues of mine from anesthesia, um, from paediatrics, from nursing midwifery, and particularly from our laboratory and security staff, um, ran to try and help um, the situation um, that uh, that happened literally outside our door when um, there was a five-year-old girl who was... Um, very significantly um, traumatised by a stabbing incident that everybody is now aware of. Um, the paramedics had done a wonderful job at that point. When when our staff arrived on the scene, um, they had already been there. They had managed to stabilise her. And it was much easier for our staff to then add to what they were doing um, and uh, and thankfully, you know, she arrived alive um, uh, to uh, Temple Street Hospital, where she has, as you know, undergone surgery and is still in a critical condition. Yeah. Um, but that was the first that we became aware of it. And and listen, all of those staff there to be to be commended for 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 that work um, and for that early intervention, which obviously is so key. Then you know, I guess we had this this, this lull when everybody is is um, processing what has happened and hearing the news. Talk me through then how the ensuing protests and the riots impacted you. Well, um, they happened literally just outside our front door, you know, and um, uh, they, um, the violence, I think, escalated very quickly. Um, and, uh, and, the, the hospital actually stayed open. You know, it, it wasn't that we weren't open for emergencies. And I know that message did go out, but we were open for emergencies and non-emergencies as we are today. Um, and uh, and women uh, and uh, their, their families continued to come into us um, and we dealt with them as we always do. Um, the... One of the big problems was that it very quickly became obvious that this was a, a racial um, motivated riot. And we have a lot of our staff who travel from overseas to work in the hospital and who are really, really wonderful. And um, I think a lot of people, Irish and non-Irish, felt very threatened by what they were seeing out the windows. Um, now, I, you know, I, I must say, and I've already said it today, I think the uh, Garda Síochána were just incredible. You know, when people looked out the window and saw 50 yards away this mayhem going on, they were very reassured by the fact that there was a line of Garda between them and the riot, and and people felt very reassured by that. Um, and so, what advice had she to give to staff? And have you now kind of protocols on standby should a similar incident occur? 
you know, thinking thinking particularly of those staff, people of colour maybe in the hospital who would feel particularly nervous about trying to make it into work? Well, what we did today was that anybody who had difficulty making it in, we sent a taxi out for them. Um, and uh, and they came in and, you know, everybody came in. It, it was just amazing. Um, and uh, like working in the Rotunda, it is a real family. You know, we had a, a very um, important staff kind of meeting at 11 o'clock today, you know, and uh, uh, and acknowledged what everybody is going through, you know, um, but uh, but we do have support here for them and, and we will always support our staff. And and finally then, Sean, because um, I, I appreciate a, a busy day for you, like most days, um, the message to patients today who've got scheduled appointments and over the weekend is... Oh, no, please come in. You know, like we are open for business uh, and uh, we are staffed, uh, you know, adequately uh, to deal with uh, whatever, uh, whatever presents. So, so absolutely, please come in. You know, all day our outpatient facilities have been running as they normally do. Um, And, uh, you know, we don't want to allow a situation whereby um, violence and rioting is going to affect the services that the Rotunda delivers. Sean Daly is master at the Rotunda Hospital. Sean, thanks a million uh, for joining us here on the show. Neil Richmond is with me uh, here in studio, Minister of State with Responsibility for Employment Affairs and Retail Businesses, Finnegale TD as well for Dublin, Rathdown. Minister, um, as a Dubliner, if we take off the political hat for a moment, I mean, how did you process, how did you react when those scenes emerged from the city centre last night? Well, I think the first thing I reacted to was the appalling news of the stabbing attack and um, I found that very tough to comprehend um, and certainly my thoughts are with, with, with those who are who are fighting for their lives in hospital and indeed their family and the, the wider school community. But no, I, I was utterly depressed and enraged by the scenes that fo- followed thereafter. They weren't in my name, they didn't rese- re- represent people like me, born and reared in Dublin, love this city and to see absolute thugs, terror, I mean, uh, our main thoroughfare apart with reckless abandon, t- targeting shops, targeting members of Angarda Shia members of the Dublin Fire Brigade. That really angered me and it depressed me. But we wake up this morning and I know a lot of people are afraid and a lot of people are shook, but businesses have reopened their doors. The rotunda is wide open for business and that's the way we respond. The thugs cannot be allowed win. This is our city, not theirs. Were you satisfied with the Garda response? And, and, and I'm not talking about the response once they arrived in the seed. As, as Sean describes it, I think, you know, lots of people impressed by, by how they cleared the area. I think the criticism today is, is a sense maybe that the Garda felt this was unexpected. You know, given what we've experienced over the last year, we've had a year of anti-immigrant protests. We've had some of your colleagues in the Dáil being pushed and shoved outside the Dáil. We've had effigies of politicians hung uh, uh, you know, by a noose outside the doll, that there was a sense maybe we were building up to something like this. Well, I think the anti-immigrant protests have happened outside the doll, and there's been a lot more than just the anti-immigrant protests. You can track this back to some of the anti-COVID restrictions protests. You can t- track it back to the protests outside libraries, outside direct provision centres, uh, international protection. There is a small cabal who operate to coordinate this. 
most of those protests were planned long in advance. They're well communicated. They coordinate on, on Telegram, on Facebook, on social media. This one was put together much quicker. You know, there was a, a, tra- a very terrible incident in the city centre. Mm. Then a message went out, you know, assemble in the city centre at seven o'clock. We're going to take over streets egged on by certain sports superstars on social media who I won't name. Um, but I think the Gardaí did react and... You know, there'll be time to reflect fully on the operational um, response to it. But the fact that it was largely contained, um, there was a lot of efforts. I was in the city centre last night. I was at the British Irish Council meeting. So there was a lot of efforts to move across the river, up the quays towards um, Grafton Street and all that. But the Gardaí were able to contain it. There was relatively few injuries. I know one Garda has gone to hospital. But apart from that, yes, there was a serious amount of wanton criminal damage. But I think the response to the Gardaí has been consistent and it's been mm. right and certainly walking around the city centre all day like Ray has there is a huge uh, guard presence a reassuring guard presence on the city centre and it will be there for the foreseeable um, The fear I guess people will have uh, is that this won't prove to be an anomaly that you know much like we've seen the uh, those uh, anti-immigrant protests becoming a trend that this might become a trend maybe not to the same degree or with the same frequency but it could happen again should we be using more of the resources that are at the state's hands? So, you know, during all of this, there's kind of 400 odd soldiers in Cahal Brewer Barracks who are all trained for this. And I'm not necessarily saying that you roll them out in the streets, but they weren't even put on standby last night. I think even a lot of them, hearing from them this morning, because I know some of them a bit, were a bit taken aback that they maybe weren't even asked to be put on standby, that they all had their feet up just looking at this on Twitter. Yeah, often the response, um, if there's a crisis of any nature, is send in the army. Um, but the Gardaí went in. The Gardaí had a plan of operation. They carried it out. The restored order, they put down this within four hours' time, as I said, with minimal fit damage to individuals. I think the Gardaí responded to this in the way they were trying to do. Of course, you have to reflect. You have to analyse. For so long, we... Are you happy with that four hours? Well, I think, you know, I'm not the expert on public order policing. You know, they but are, if you accept if you accept the reality, and I'm sure you will, I don't even need to ask, because mm. it, it, it's the government does, the reality that the Gardaí are, are under-resourced, that there is a recruitment drive, that we need more people to, to take up positions within the force. Given that, that there are shortcomings, there are personnel shortcomings, does it not seem unusual that you've got 400 people trained to deal with riots and hostile environments in the city centre? And you don't even put them on standby. But I don't think there was a shortcoming in Garda resources last night. They were able to get the full public order unit on the streets and they were able to put it down. Once they moved, they moved very quickly. And we look at the amount of Garda that are all across the city centre. Look, Kieran, for so long, we've, we felt unique that this hasn't happened in Dublin. And Michael Gove said it yesterday. What makes this so enraging is it's happened in Dublin. This happens in other European cities. When I moved to, to Brussels, there was riots in Paris and they'd swept up through Belgium and it was a constant and that's been happening there constantly. We haven't seen this in Dublin before. We haven't seen a lot of things, but I think the response of the Dubliners, certainly that I've spoken to today, be they business people or individuals, is absolute rage um, with the people that got involved, that looted our shops, that burnt our buses, our trams, because this is our city, this is our property. That's where the anger is and it's nothing but full support for the Gardaí who put themselves absolutely on the front line last night. We're going to be speaking to some of those business owners and people who witnessed this um, a little bit later in the show but uh, before you go, Minister, uh, Mary Lou MacDonald calling on your uh, Fine Gael colleague um, and government colleague uh, Helen McEntee, the Minister for Justice, uh, to resign and the Garda Commissioner as well that essentially we had a period of time, four hours, as you say, where the city centre, our capital city, was lawless. 
Yeah, well, firstly, I have full support for both Helen and the Commissioner. I think this is premature and needless political from the Leader of the Opposition. She She's asked for a debate in the Dáil next week. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Let's have the debate. Let's not politicise it. Let's all get behind our capital city, get people back into the city this weekend, patronising those shops, those restaurants that lost... Today's Black Friday, Kieran. This is the major day of trading for so many businesses. Let's focus on getting people. Do you think the standoffish approach, though, to some of the far right and the talking down of the threat by the Garda Commissioner maybe now looks a little foolish? Well, I think we've had dozens of these protests so far over the last probably three, three and a half years, Kieran, where they haven't escalated into major violence, where we've seen the far right outside people's homes, direct provision centres, international centres, and the Guardi have taken the approach to make sure this doesn't escalate into wanton violence, that they protect those people inside. And, and maybe over time, though, those people then were encouraged. They thought, listen, the Guardi, this standoff approach is brilliant. No, what we had last night, at the core of this, we had about 20 or 30... We can burn buzzes and loot shops for four hours before they move us on. Here in last night, we had about 20 or 30 far-right thugs who coordinated a group to come in. They were able to bring along a couple of hundred absolute reckless individuals who didn't have a clue what they're rioting about. They just saw an opportunity to run amok and these people are thugs. There's a number of them in front of the court today and they will go to jail. Uh, Minister, listen, thanks a million uh, for joining us. Uh, Sheila Nocton from our newsroom was there witnessing it last night. I'm going to speak to Sheila in just a moment but I want to go to Ray McAdam because Ray, I know Fine Gael councillor as well but I might ask you to take off the, the, the party political hat for a moment because uh, the North Inner City is your ward. So these are your people uh, that we would have seen to a large degree. And I'm talking about the stabbing incident first and foremost. It must have been awful for you. I'm sure you knew some of the people in that school, in that class. Can I just say, like, the last 24 hours, um, we saw the worst of humanity on our streets. And indeed, we have saw the best and the bravery shown by uh, members of the public who disarmed someone who was attempting to murder uh, men, women and children. Uh, we saw the incredible response of emergency services, the guard, the, uh, the medical teams who are continuing to try and uh, work to save lives. Um, we also saw uh, the heroism of a young uh, childcare professional um, who was taking um, a number of children back over for after school care to the opposite side of Parnell Square and put her life on the line to protect those young children. Um, and my thoughts and my prayers are with both families at the moment. Like tonight, most families across the country on a different channel will be watching the toy show. Instead, we have two families in the north inner city who are going to be beside a hospital bed. I know um, the young childcare professional. Uh, indeed, she's looked after my own uh, child in the last couple of years. She's a bubbly, bright, uh, great person. Um, and it's such a close-knit community within Gwael Skull the Wirra, but also the crash across on the other side of Parnell Square. And what I want to make sure that we have, that we provide the supports to the teachers, to the pre but also then to the childcare workers who saw and experienced some dreadful scenes in our street. And we need to make sure that uh, they are protected. I suppose, Kieran representing the North in our city, as I've privileged to do for 15 years, there is still a level of numb. Um, there is a, a still a, a level of shock and disbelief. But there is now a level of anger. Anger at what happened in Parnell Square yesterday. Disgust at what happened on the streets last night. Um, Were you there? Were you on the streets? I was on O'Connell Street in, in the markets. I was over in Capel Street. Mm. And it was nothing but thuggery, criminality. Um, and... 
I could see as well, like how much of this was being uh, live streamed on social media. And our social media plat- our channels are providing a platform for racism, for intimidation, for violence. Uh, and that is something that uh, in the coming days and weeks is something that government and all of us will have to look at how that needs to be and has to be addressed. Um, but above all else, in the north inner city, there are the communities that make it up are praying and hoping that both our five-year-old girl, a student of Gwales called Kalashtawara, and her childcare professional carer both pull through and that they make a recovery, a full recovery, health-wise. But I've no doubt that the long-term consequences and psychological and, and mental health these are factors we're going to have to support these people, the students, the teachers, but yeah. the childcare workers as well. Uh, the thugs are not afraid of the Gardaí, says one listener. They don't respect them. More force is needed. Otherwise, they'll keep doing these things. Uh, call any guard station anytime. No cars, no staff. They are under-resourced and I feel sorry for individual guards. And Liam says, I live in Dublin and those thugs and scumbags who tried destroying the city and attacked our Gardaí and our firefighters, they don't represent me or my family, Liam and everybody else. Thank you for the messages. Uh, Ray McAdam, thank you uh, very much as well. Finnegale Councillor for the North Inner City. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Uh, we'll stick with this issue. Uh, now, Richard Guiney is with me. He's the CEO of Dublin Town. Richard, uh, as somebody representing so many businesses and business owners uh, operating in the city, uh, what was your reaction to the scenes you witnessed last night? Well, look, I, I don't think we've ever experienced anything like what we saw last night, and I hope we never experience it again. Um, I have to say it was uh, deeply disturbing, um, but the, the, just the, the, the element of thuggery and, uh, you know, the the, the, the level of um, just you know, want and destruction. Um, it's certainly not what we want to see in the city at any time of the year, but particularly at this time of the year. But, um, you know, I, I think the, the the folks who are out uh, do not represent Dublin. It's not the Dublin that we all know. Dublin's a, a tolerant and uh, open open community. And um, Dublin, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a great city. And the, the, the small number of our... The, the the folks who were out last night do not represent, I think, what, what Dublin is or the, the the values that the city has. And I appreciate the point you're making. Everybody listening to this show is going to hear you make that point. People all around the world got push notifications, though, last night from media sources like you know the BBC and the New York Times to be followed all around the planet, you know, messages racism fueled riots in Dublin city centre. It does huge reputational damage, doesn't it? Uh, look, as, and in the, as, as I say, it doesn't represent, I think, um, the people of Dublin, but, you know, um, it, it happened and um, you're right. It, it was, uh, it, it was messaging right around the world. But I think the important thing is like, where do we go from, from here now? Um, I think you know we we need to um, you know we D- Dubliners need to reclaim their city and it, what 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 the city is for for the people of Dublin and um, certainly look at, you know having engaged with businesses today um, you know we're not going to cede uh, the city to to 
to unrepresentative thugs. Um, you know, we're going to continue to trade here in the city and provide the service and uh, encourage people to come and, and visit us. And I, I, you know, certainly speaking to the Gardaí, you know, they're well resourced. They, they, mm. They've got uh, they've got numbers in the city. I think people can come in and feel safe. And um, you know, uh, let's let's show. Uh, you know what what Dublin is all about, and um, you know reclaim our city. Uh, stay with us there, Richard. Kieran Cuff is with us um, uh, as well as the Green Party MEP for Dublin. Uh, of course, uh, Kieran, where do you lay the blame for what happened last night? I think there's a, a number of places where where blame should be laid, but I I think the role of some commentators on social media gave, left a lot to be desired. Uh, for Conor McGregor to say on Twitter that Ireland, we are at war just a few hours before the stabbings occurred and before the riots occurred. That kind of inflammatory language doesn't help. And people like him who are in positions of huge power should use that power carefully. But I also think that social media has questions to answer. Uh, I think Twitter or X, as it's now called, has gone to hell in a handcart. Uh, since Elon Musk took over uh, and that the amount of vetting and the takedown of falsehoods has diminished significantly over the last 12 months. And social media can really uh, fuel uh, the flames. But I think the people who are lighting the matches are the far-right commentators who like to see anarchy on the streets Mm. of Dublin, who feel that this helps their cause. And I'd also look at publications like Gript, who absolutely magnify whenever there is an incident, a criminal incident involving uh, somebody who isn't an Irish citizen and who downplay uh, the thuggery um, that we saw happen on the streets of Dublin uh, last night from our homegrown um, uh, scumbags, if you know, to, to yeah. use that word. Yeah. So, look, yeah. it, the blame can be laid at a variety of doors. I think at this stage we need CAM, uh, we need to support the emergency services, the Gardaí, the Dublin Fire Brigade, who did extraordinary work. And and as one of your commentators, callers, said earlier, it's really tough being a guard in Dublin yesterday or today, where you're under scrutiny uh, with people filming you in everything that you do. Uh, You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So I just want to support the guards in the work that they're doing on our streets. for what it's worth, because you, you'd appreciate, I have to make the point. Uh, Grift would suggest that they, uh, well, what they report is fact. We might not like the fact they report. And John McGurk, who's the editor there, did call it repugnant. Now, he also put up a lengthy uh, post online saying that every single effort has been made to silence people. And today they were making themselves heard. Uh, so people can read into that. that that's good. And will. I think it's important to give that right of reply. But there are publications out there who absolutely um, magnify uh, uh, behaviour, criminal behaviour when it's carried out by immigrants uh, and who don't do the same when it's carried out uh, by by do, people do, from Ireland. Do you think, Kiran, that, I mean, that, that some of us operated or laboured under this fantasy that maybe because of our own history in this country of emigration and how, how important that is in our kind of cultural tapestry, that maybe we were going to be immune to this? In in a way, other societies and other cities and other countries weren't. And really what's dispiriting is that we're actually, we're just like a lot of other places. You know, the same divisions and dissension and dissatisfaction and the same rot on racism. I, I think, 
I think we are encountering problems and challenges that other countries around the world have experienced perhaps uh, many years before us. And I think our experience of emigration uh, gives us a good understanding of the challenges that that migrants face in, in the countries that they go to. No group in society is immune from criminal behaviour. Uh, everyone who carries out such behaviour has to be tackled. Uh, but I think particularly uh, what we saw yesterday evening uh, was people who were born and reared in Dublin carrying out criminal behaviour, looting shops, um, throwing, uh, assaulting Gardaí in the course of their duty. Uh, and I think this was absolutely despicable. I think when it comes to violent incidents, when it comes to the the awful stabbings that took place yesterday, I think the issue of mental health is not far away. Uh, and I think an awful lot of the vi- violent incidents that we've seen in recent years are coming from people who have mental health uh, problems that have to be tackled. I'm not letting anybody off the hook here, uh, and a criminal is a criminal, Mm. uh, but I think we absolutely have to try and get more resources uh, to those who who have mental health issues. Um, But I I, I mean, my emotional reaction, I'm just in bits after seeing what happened at Kalash the Wira. My own children went there. Uh, there, but for the grace of God, uh, it could yeah. be any one of us at a school gate witnessing this. And yeah. it is really, really difficult. Yes. Um, and I think the, the response from the Gardaí is so important. Uh, and and the, the bystanders and the Brazilian delivery driver yes. who came to the aid. Uh, uh, they're they're, they're all to be response. commended. We spoke to um, the master of the rotunda earlier as well, and so many of their staff as well were out on the streets um, helping people uh, yesterday who were in distress uh, when then when they themselves were, were under a degree of threat, given how many people of colour work in that hospital. Pat Leahy is with us as well, a former assistant Garda commissioner. Pat, I mean, is this a, a law and order issue that we're talking about? Is it something deeper than that? Uh, much deeper, guys, and, and I think really uh, focusing on policing alone here is not going to solve the problem for us. What we saw uh, last night was an attack on our democracy, actually. And while it was planned in advance, the date or the time hadn't been determined. But what they got yesterday, or what they seized on and exploited, was a trigger event for them, uh, so that they could link their their their, their nasty ideology. To something they're just using, they're just exploiting that uh, unfortunate event that took place on Parnell Square. But the, it, it's an attack on our democracy. And if we see it any other way other than an emerging crisis, because this has happened previously, other countries have gone through this uh, many years before ourselves. And we have to throw the net wide now in our uh, perception and our appreciation of what is happening. And as an emerging crisis, we need to deal with it from a crisis management perspective. Mm. And what that requires us to do is, uh, and I believe this has to start at government level, it has to be government-led, that uh, we have a government task force or something similar that gets all the stakeholders around the table. And first and foremost, we must agree, we must define the problem we have. So we must have a collective understanding of what we're dealing with. Now, that requires us to do a little bit of research, proper research, 
uh, reach out to our international partners uh, and get the intelligence that exists out there in terms of how this manifests itself, uh, what kind of a trajectory it takes over time, what the aims and objectives are in the long run. And having done that and having agreed what we're dealing with, we then have to determine what issues arise as a consequence of that for our country. What now will be our strategic aim in terms of how do we want to deal with this? What do we want the outcome to look like? And then what actions we must engage in in the short, medium and long term to bring that about. If we don't do that as a collective, if we just focus on policing alone, we are not going to deal effectively with the problem that is facing us, the crisis that is facing us. The fact that we need to do all that, Pat, it would suggest that we're not doing it already. It hasn't happened. Is, is, is that what well, I take from it? That we've maybe been a bit slow on the uptake, which isn't, well, is, look, which all, isn't kind of to look backwards, because I know you're kind of keen here to stress the, yeah. the, the, the need to look forward and deal with the threat in front of us. Absolutely. Look, and that's what I'm saying is we do need to look forward in that. But I do think uh, this is the time now to press the reset button. This is not going to go away. This is an ideology that they're going to pursue and they're going to get stronger and stronger if left to their own devices, unless we actually act on this now in a very structured way. And that's why I'm saying, look, it is an emerging crisis. We must fight it with a crisis management strategy. Now, based on what happened last night, the look back on that, the debrief on that must take place. So we need to look at the circumstances, the causes, the consequences and the short-term corrective actions that are required. Now, once we do that, and that can be done over 24 or 48 hours, we then, we probably will see a standing public order unit or two or three public order units in the city just to reassure people and to provide some stability because this has gone out across the world, man. People have looked at this now uh, and, and what, what has happened is the people who set about this have achieved their aim. There's fear in the city. There was chaos in the city. They got uh, their focus up there on the international media. Everybody's talking about it. So I imagine they're sitting at home today now mm-hmm. and they're wringing their hands together saying, we achieved our aim. This partic- And they're going to keep going because it's an ideology. It wasn't uh, a pile of uh, hooligans out there. Yes, there was some gathering of the local masses coming in to take their, their, their cut at it, but it was being orchestrated And it's a real insidious orchestration that is taking place and has been taking place for maybe 18 months here. And now Mm. we've been given an opportunity to deal with this as a seminal moment for change because our democracy depends on it. It's a very deep concept that we're we're dealing with here. Pat Lee, who's a former Assistant Garda Commissioner. Pat, as always, thank you very much for the insight. Kieran Cuff as well was with us, the Green Party MEP for Dublin and Richard Guiney the CEO of Dublin Town. And Mim in Cork says, I lived and worked in Dublin for many years. I moved to Cork in 08. I used to love Dublin. I miss the buzz and the people. I travel to Dublin very often for work. And while Cork is far from perfect, I sometimes dread that trip. The city is filthy and there is constant low-level feeling of tension. It is so, so sad. Mim, thank you for the text. Lots still to come. Stay with us. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Hazel Chew is with me, a Dublin City Councillor for the Green Party and former Lord Mayor as well. Um, Hazel, you're welcome to the show. I mean, the focus, understandably, in a lot of people's minds is on those scenes from the city last night of looting and burning and assault. 
But I guess we can't lose sight of the fact that what sparked it all was that awful, awful incident outside the school. And there are still uh, two people in hospital very, very severely uh, injured. Absolutely. And our thoughts and prayers are with the family of the little girl, of the crash worker, of the children injured. It's a horrific incident and no parent should ever have to uh, go through that and think about it. And no child should, Kieran. I, I, I know you're a parent, I'm a parent. And that, that thought of something happening to our children, it's absolutely horrifying. So our focus needs to be on the well-being and recovery of um, of the people in hospital, uh, that we, we need to make sure that they're okay. And in the meantime, we also need to make sure the rest of Dublin is safe. We need to make sure we we uh, keep everyone that's going into the city, that's working in the, uh, working in the city, that uh, is um, going in all hours, in the morning, in the evening, that they're kept safe. Now, the guards I know have been uh, incredible in their response of um, trying to clear space today and the Dublin City workers have been clearing uh, the streets early hours in the morning so they've been and the Dublin Fire Brigade as well every frontline worker has been working overtime so a big thank you to them and a big thank you to the workers who have been going into work and and dealing with this uh, after the violent mob that went out last night. How do you make the streets safer then? If that's where the focus needs to be now. (sighs) Well, well, there's two things. There, like one is it's the safety of our streets in general. We've had conversations about safety of our streets for a long time now. Of uh, and and the thing is, I like to point out a lot of people have been talking about how it's just Dublin inner city. What happened yesterday wasn't just Dublin inner city, and I I really don't want uh, Dublin North inner city to be tarnished with that. That it's the youth just there that that was an issue. What I saw yesterday and loads of other people saw was that there was insight of this uh, of pe- uh, of inciting people a group that was various groups that were inciting people to come into the city to cause trouble i uh came across people who came came from all parts of dublin to come into the city center to cause trouble so it's not just the Dublin North inner city because I think it's very unfair that we're we're kind of tarnishing one area with with um the same brush here it is uh, all over. It is yeah. being incited by far right groups, and we have to be very clear about that. That there is a mob being mobilised uh, by various groups yesterday, and that was what happened here. Jim O'Callaghan is with us as well. He's at least the Fianna Fáil spokesperson on justice. He's a TD as well for Dublin Bay South. Jim, how do you think we go about making the city safe or feel safe, certainly for people? Well, listen, it was a horrible day yesterday for Dublin, a really violent day. Like, I must say, I never thought I'd see the day where five- and six-year-old children would be stabbed in broad daylight. And then the violence we saw last night was unprecedented. Listen, you always want to have a certain uh, level of crime in a city the size of Dublin, Karen. But it, my own concern is that in the past 18 months or so, parts of the city have become unsafe and there's quite a threatening feel if you're around parts of the city at certain times. And Hazel's right, I'm not talking about just the north side, it's parts of the city in, in its totality. Uh, I think what we need to have to make it safer is, first of all, we need much more visible policing. And secondly, we, we need much tougher policing. I'm concerned about the response there will be to the events of last night because we saw young guys going around, uh, looting shops, hitting people, starting fires, burning cars. And it looked like there was nobody, no obstacle in their way. And like I think one message we have to learn from last night is that if you're going to have a riot like that, a violent act of riot, 
there needs to be a fairly forceful response from the Gardaí. And had that happened in any other European city, you would have seen a very forceful uh, response. And yeah. I would have liked to have seen uh, senior management in the Gardaí, you know, trying to corral and confront that group of writers once they started writing and baton charging them. Because that's the type of response you need to a riot. We had a riot last night, although the riot squad were there. It didn't respond as a riot squad should. So you think they 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 took too much of a softly softly approach to them by, by so. taking I their time so. and slowly clearing the streets kind of incrementally? Well, nobody knew at that stage that there was going to be the level of rioting violence that we saw. But once uh, groups started burning cars, kicking in shop windows, that's when the public order unit needed to do its work. And in fairness to the public order unit, the guards on the ground, I'm not criticising them, but I do think we need a change in policy in policing when it comes to response to very violent types of behaviour that we saw last night. The guard approach, in my opinion, was too relaxed. We need a much tougher response to that. And do you think that's indicative, Jim, of, of the approach of senior guardie and Drew Harris as guarded commissioner to similar protests as well. They've had very standoffish approach. Let's not kind of fuel the flames here. There's anti-immigrant protests happening uh, outside such and such a building. We will simply stand by and watch. Well, listen, the, pro- the protest yesterday wasn't a protest. It was a riot. Like, I've no difficulty with people protesting outside the door, irrespective of what their views are. They're entitled to protest. If they're threatening people or if they're being violent to people, the guardian needs to intervene immediately and arrest them. But what we saw yesterday was completely different. And irrespective of the politics of the people involved, in fact, I suspect attributing any political ideology to the thugs who were burning cars and stealing from shops yesterday is misleading. But, you know, what we need to recognise is that the Guardi's softly, softly approach to them didn't work. Do you think that the 300-odd almost 400 soldiers in Carl Brewer barracks who are trained to deal with riots and hostile environments should have been put on standby? No, I don't. I think we have a public order unit in Angarda Siakana. Its job is to deal with a public order issues which arise, to deal with riots. Like, every country knows what a riot is. We saw one last night in Dublin. Uh, had that taken place in Paris or in Belgium, there would have been a very different type of response to it. So I don't think we need to engage the military force. Mm. We have a public order unit. Uh, they were there last night. I would have liked to have seen the management, senior management of Angarda Siakana directing them to meet the terrible violence we saw with more force. Uh, Lorraine O'Connor is with me as well from the Muslim sister, Sisters of Era. Lorraine, you're welcome to the show. So Friday nights you guys would be at the GPO um, offering services food um, to the homeless and and people without the the money to feed themselves. Will you be out there tonight? No, um, unfortunately not. We made a collective decision last night um, when everything started coming in and the videos and the texts and went on till after midnight last night and then this morning we had an emergency meeting. So for the safety of the service users and the safety of our team, we had to um, sadly and I mean, really heavy heart. Mm. I mean, we feed anywhere up to between four to 500 people a week. We have hot meals there. And, you know, they start queuing at four o'clock. And our biggest fear was not only from the team themselves, but 
Um, we have some migrants on the queue as well, as well as Irish and people who will be under the influence and wouldn't be in the right state of mind that if anything came forward to them like yeah. that, you, you wouldn't be able to fend for themselves. Um, we had to think of these people and it's really, really, I mean, we're going into our eighth year next year, the beginning of next year, and we've never, ever missed a Friday night, only when COVID wouldn't allow us. When the, the country was on shutdown. But um, no, it's, it's 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 very disheartening, really. Very, and then also yeah. tomorrow night, we had um, the Gaty Theatre gave us fifty five tickets for some of the migrant children and Irish families coming together, um, to see the panto tomorrow night. Yeah. and they the the migrant families had to retract because they're afraid to go into town. Oh God, and that's, that's so sad. That oh, is, it like, is. It really is. And, and look, just, I, Really quick, sorry, I'm so sorry, but really quick, I really, really, really have to emphasise how much our thoughts and prayers are with them families. Yeah, well said. Of all them young children, please, we we haven't stopped thinking of them and praying for them. Yeah, Lorraine, listen, very well said. Hazel, can I come back to you just on that? Because the story Lorraine uh, talks about there, the experience of some of of the service users and the people she works with uh, in the group, um, you know, mirror other stories we've heard today. And, And listen, you and I have talked about identity and everything before and we've had those conversations and chats and you know I consider you as Irish as anybody else out there so I hope you take this in the right way but as somebody who visibly doesn't look Irish in the minds or in the way that some of those protesters would consider somebody having to look to qualify as Irish I mean is that something that weighs on your mind when you look at that? Well, I put it this way, Kieran. I uh, was up until about 2 a.m. last night dealing with uh, families and individuals who had messaged and called uh, people from migrant backgrounds, people in homelessness, all terrified, absolutely scared shitless. Because, sorry, excuse the French, but no, you're all right. they, they lived in the inner city. They lived just outside. Um, and all they heard, like one family, one mother texted me saying that her kids couldn't sleep because kids go to bed at like eight o'clock, half eight. But her kids couldn't sleep because all they heard was shouting. And it was shouting from a little bit of a distance. They weren't right there. That, but all they heard was shouting and all they could smell was smoke. So because of the burning. And that's that's the environment we've created. Like I, I'm... Uh, I know my own privilege. I I I I I know my own position. But and even I was quite scared to send my child to school this morning because you have that fear of what if something happened to them because of the of the way they look. And it's exactly that. It's exactly that in every family's mind, in every parent's mind, when you're a migrant uh, uh, parent, because you think that something might happen to your child, uh, since there are people shouting on the street that migrants um, should get out of the country, that migrants is re- responsible for everything that's wrong. And this is the thing that the anger and, and the fear that's being incited yesterday was absolutely horrific. And that's what we need to deal with. To Jim's point on the Garda, I, I think a lot of this needs to be preventative as well. Yes, the measure on the night uh, may need to be different, but if the preventative measures were in place, we may not have gotten to this stage yeah. as well. 
but it's very hard when we have uh, when we have uh, recruitment targets that that haven't been met when things have been under resourced for so long. So and um, this is the thing: it can't be it can't be something we're beating the guards over because the guard on the street is trying very very hard. The guardy I've spoken to today have all been out and still working today. So uh, I think they do need to be praised as yeah. well. But do, but they do need more in terms of support, especially hey. the preventative measure of things. Hazel Chu, Dublin City Councillor, Lorraine O'Connor from the Muslim Sisters of Air, Jim O'Callaghan, Fianna Fáil spokesperson on Justice. Thank you all very much for joining me. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk.